What's going on, everyone? My name is Teddy Ragsack, and you're listening to TED Talk Sports. And this episode is brought to you by Grooming by Diane, the best dog grooming services in the San Fernando Valley. All right, guys. So this has been a very, 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 very highly requested video. UFC 251 today. We're recording it tonight, but... Tomorrow will be today. That doesn't make any sense. But anyways, UFC 251, I'm joined here by the one and only Matt Park. Matt, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me, Teddy. We've been talking about this for a while, so it's a uh, you know, good thing we're scrambling at the last minute and uh, you know, finally getting this done. But you know, we're in the, pan- in the middle of a pandemic, so what even is time? Yeah, it's it's kind of funny because we've we've spoken about this like with each other over just over the phone like so many times with this specific card. So it's so funny that we're actually that we're, we're like you know what might as well just make an episode on it. <laughs> it's funny that we actually got together and and, and produced something here, but yeah. you, you know so we're yeah. like we're like we might as well just record it at this point. We've just been talking about it for so long, so it's just exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyways, yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna be doing some predictions for the fights, doing a little bit of an analysis, a really really stacked card. We're gonna start off with the first fight, Matt. What are your thoughts? So we got Amanda Rebus versus Paige Van Zant. Who do you think is gonna win? Uh, you know, it's 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 uh, funny that it's, I, I think it's interesting that we're starting off with, with two uh, two women's fights on this card. Um, you know, I, I honestly haven't really been uh, this fight has probably the the least of my attention here, just you know because obviously we have a very stacked card ahead of us. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, I mean, anytime Paige Van Zant is on the is on the card, it's always a it's, it's usually entertaining. Um, she's on a uh, she's she's one and two in her in her last two fight or her last three fights excuse me so uh i mean her last fight against uh rochelle ostovich she had uh, a submission win so um still needs a win though i i want to say but i think we we even touched on this uh before the show today it's a very stacked um flyweight division even so um it'd be interesting to see you know what what comes out of this and how they and how they line up page or or rebus for the next fight meanwhile uh, rebus has um She's nine and one, so um, <laughs> Paige is a very tough opponent coming into this card. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. Now, here's an issue, and I, I, I hate to say it, but it, it's like my, my brain's telling me one thing, but my heart's telling me another. Uh, it's just so I, my heart's telling me to pick Paige. You know, clearly a, a fan favorite in the MMA community, but I just, you know, if I were to put money on it, my prediction is going to be Rebus. Uh, she's on a three fight win streak, and I just, I, you know, like we said, Paige Van Zant, she's she struggled a, b- a bit in the past, and she had that win over Osterovich. But I think that you know, early on in her career, there was a big reality check in MMA, and she suffered some big losses. And personally, I just haven't really seen her be able to recover from it. So if it, my my pick, I'm just going to pick Amanda Rebus. But um, like you said, it's always it's always good to watch Paige Van Zant, and you know, she's a very she's a talented fighter. But I think realistically, I think she's a mediocre fighter. I think she gets a lot more attention. Um, from the male MMA community because, you know, because she's a very attractive fighter. Most guys do find her attractive. So, but I do think um, from just strictly from a, from a athletic, from a, from a fighting point of view, I think that it's going to be Rebus. I, 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 I can't see Paige winning this fight, honestly. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you there as well. I mean, it's, it's, uh, she's got the Rebus has, uh, three wins by knockout, three by, uh, submission and, and three by decision. Her only loss, uh, came back in 2015. So, uh, yeah, so ha- has not lost in uh, in four years. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I'm I'm going Rebus as well. I think this is kind of a, this should be a, a entertaining fight, but uh, could be could very very well be a one sided affair to open the card. And 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 then one one more quick point too is that you know because I I've mentioned the publicity with with Paige Van Zant and it, you know because UFC is a pay per view business a pay per view 
business, you know? And so you have someone like Paige Van Zandt and it's, it's she's able to sell fights, right? I mean, cause like she, she's been in, I, do I, I think she's like an okay fighter, but to be on, to be on this main card, I mean, I don't know talent wise that she necessarily deserves to be on this main card, especially with her track record. Like you said, one, one and two in her last three fights. So I, to me, it's just interesting seeing that. And it it really just exemplifies the sort of business dynamics of the UFC, you know, with this pay-per-view structure. Right. Yeah, I completely agree. And yeah. So the next fight we have now, this is going to be a good one. Now this is, this is, and we've talked about this before. I think we both agree on this, but we have Rose Nama Yunus versus Jessica Andrade. Matt, what are your thoughts? Well, so we we talked about you know women's strawweight kicking us off here, but this is the the probably the most interesting fight outside of uh, Joanna and uh, Zhang Weili um, running it back in in the division. Um, Rose has a chance to to avenge her loss, her her um, the the loss that cost her her title against Jessica Andrade, and you got to think that you know the the winner of this fight is immediately put back in the title contention. Um, you know, I honestly like both fighters, I really do. I think they're both highly talented, especially Rose, but. Uh, just based on what I saw in that first fight, I think this has the potential to just be a dominant win by Rose Namajunas all the way. Um, you know, you you look at that last fight; she was she was outstriking her. She was uh, she was you know she was pushing the pace. It just was until that unfortunate um, that that slam that I, I guess we'll, we'll call it like or being slammed on her head that just cost her the fight. So, um, um, I, if I had to bet money, I would say that probably doesn't happen again. So I'm I'm going with I'm going with Rose by decision in this in this fight. Yeah, it's like you said, right? Like people only remember the slam, right? But what they don't remember or what they don't want to remember is everything up until that or or maybe other other few moments that, you know, Rose was dominating that fight. I mean, she was doing really, really well. Her stand-up looked phenomenal. Andrade really didn't have it. You know, she really didn't have an answer for that. And she caught Rose in, you know, with these slams. And I think Andrade's clearly the stronger fighter, but that doesn't necessarily translate to a win in the UFC. So I'm with you on this one, Matt. I think Rose is going to come out on top, but... The weird thing is with that slam, and I mentioned this a little bit earlier when we spoke, is that that, that, that same slam happened twice. Now, the first time she was able to wiggle out of it, but the second time, you know, she, she was able to obviously knock Rose out. So I'm kind of curious to see what adjustments Rose is going to make on her ground game or yeah, takedown yeah. defense. I was just going to bring that up because I think it, I, I, I want to say, you know, Rose is we, we might see Rose being more cautious about engaging in, in the clinch or against 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 the cage. So if she's able to keep this on the feet, I think like you touched on too, Tay, I, I think this is a very um, – the, the stand-up game favors Rose heavily. And also I, something else I wanted to bring up, her um, Andrade is still coming off that uh, that first-round TKO to the now-champ Zhang Weili um, on the feet. So I think in her last two fights, we she hasn't looked very impressive in the stand-up game. So I think if Rose is able to make these adjustments, which I you know she's got a great corner. She's got a great cornerman with, uh, with Pat Berry. They've got some – really awesome chemistry there so i think yeah i think the adjustments will be made and it's uh rose takes us by decision yeah and here's the thing is that like andrada's like i said she has a lot of power but she's just she's takes she takes way too much damage when she's standing up you know way too damage way too much damage and i think she's learned that in her past two fights and so i wouldn't look i think she's gonna go out and you know go for a takedown right away because she knows that's her strength. She knows she's stronger. And I think if she if, if Andrade wants to win, she's going to have to do it on the ground. She's not going to beat Rose standing up. And look, also, what we have to talk about too really briefly is props to Rose for doing a rematch. I mean, this is her most devastating loss ever. She almost retired. She almost retired, you know, from MMA after this. And so props to her for, you know, you know wanting to fight the person that's been haunting her for, for so long. 
Yeah, and um, you know, I, that's that's kind of why I really feel like this is a this is a easy win for or not an easy win, but it's, but it's just a win for Rose. You know, she's like we said, very um, very talented corner. So the fact that, like you said, she wants to take this fight and run this back kind of shows you that you know she's she's still in this. She's not done. Yeah, definitely. And and, and one other thing too is that I I really I'm really looking forward to this fight. Um, and I, cause I think it's gonna be great for women's MMA because unfortunately, there right now there's just a huge gap in the talent right between like the like the top three in the division and between everyone else is just a massive gap so I, I think it's really good when you have a really competitive fight like this like with Rose and, and Jessica and Draw. so I think it's going to be really good uh for the for the women's MMA community in general absolutely absolutely yeah it's, I think it's going to be great so now we great. get to I, I I know this is your boy but I need an honest take here honest take okay. here okay. Peter Yan Jose Aldo who's winning this Oh man, you know, I think you know, again we we talked about this briefly before we recorded the show. This is a very interesting fight, um, and you know, like you said, I'm a huge Jose Aldo fan. I I still think he's the greatest featherweight to ever compete in the UFC. Um, you know, and it's and this fight's interesting because I mean, well, first of all, uh, first off, Aldo is coming off a loss. That, that that is a fact. I mean, there you can there's a very good argument out there um, that Jose Aldo actually did not lose his last fight. I I tend to lean more that way um and then you have i think it's Piotr jan um he is coming off a win but he's coming off a win against your boy uh, uriah oh faber. god i don't even want to so, talk about that <laughs> yeah I mean, I mean you know no disrespect to uriah faber he's mm-hmm. an absolute legend of the sport but he is in his 40s um of course uh, but but that being said he looked he looked very impressive in his last fight he, he he pushed the pace he dominated the all the way through until he got the knockout um but although I think we looked really well in uh, in his in his bantamweight debut against um, Marlon Moraes, so ah, uh, this is this is a really tough fight to call because it's one of those like who the fuck knows what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Aldo has always had an issue with with conditioning at featherweight. He's he's always tend to fade uh, in the in the championship round. But I you know we, I feel like I didn't see that in his last fight against uh, against uh, Marlon Moraes, even though it was a three round fight. So it's it's really tough. I mean, I think I think Jan has the has the uh, power advantage definitely, but I think we also Jose. It's, it's Jose Aldo. He's on top of being the best featherweight in UFC history. He's also one of the best strikers in the in the promotions history. So if, if this goes five rounds and if Aldo's conditioning is as good as he says it is, um, I'm taking Aldo by decision. Or you know, no, you know, I think. You know what? No, I take that back. I, I, I rescind that that prediction. I think Aldo actually finds a spot and uh, and and has has an, has an end to, to finish Piotr Jan. Yeah, I see. This is like you said, Matt. This is a really really close fight. This is a very very close fight, and you know it's the, the, it's interesting how we got here, right? Because the bantamweight division, I think, is one of the most underrated divisions in the UFC. Oh, stacked. Yeah, it's so stacked. It gets very little attention, or it hasn't gotten attention until recently. You know, we had that one card where you had uh, Aljamain Sterling beat uh, Sandhagen, and then you had, uh, you know, Garbrandt's knockout, and then Sean O'Malley. So now all of a sudden, there's, you're starting to see the spotlight that should have been there for a while, right? I mean, these guys, I mean, this is I'm talking Dominic Cruz, right? TJ Dillashaw. I mean, this division has been so good for so long. Um, and it, it's tough. I, I, for me, it's just kind of. It's kind of tough to cheer for Jose Aldo one because he just murdered Team Alpha Male, my favorite, <laughs> my favorite team, just ran through him. Um, but 
it's 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 kind of tough because trying to understand how Jose Aldo got to the got to this bantamweight championship after like what he's had losses two out of his three fights. So I don't know, but like you said, it was a close fight with he, with Marlon Moraes. It was a very close fight. You could have definitely argued that Aldo won that fight. I wouldn't have been upset with that. And this is the same Marlon Moraes that for what two two and a half rounds was was beating Henry Cejudo. I mean, it's, right. Like this is we have to realize that you know Jose Aldo he didn't you know he made the weight cut. Um, that was most people were doubting him. They said, "Oh, he didn't look that good," and he came out. He looks phenomenal, and I think this fight's gonna be really important. It's gonna. Sh- it's Peter Yan's finally gonna get tested, and it's. I think it's gonna be a really big deal. Uh, but it's, you know, I'm. I'm. I, I'm gonna go Peter Yan. I'm gonna go Peter Yan. I think he's gonna catch Jose Aldo. Uh, he, he's. He's too much power, and I, I'm. I'm gonna go second round TKO. I'm gonna go bold prediction with this one. I know. I, I know. Okay. I switched it. I'm going bold prediction. Peter Yan second round TKO. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, but you know, I don't like, and that's not completely um, insane either. Like that, that could very well happen. And so, you know, this is probably, this might be the most interesting fight in the card. Uh, but, but here, here's the other thing that I wanted to bring up. Um, if you look at the Bantamweight rankings and, you know, we were obviously just talking about how stacked this division in mm-hmm. is. And, um, you know, now with that Henry Cejudo has retired, everything is completely up in the air here. Um, utter chaos. <laughs> so I think even whoever wins this fight probably doesn't get more than I would say max two title defenses because you've got you've got guys there. You've got Cody Garbrandt. You've got Aljamain Alger- Sterling. You've got Co- uh, Corey Sanhagen. Um, yeah, I think I think this division is is super interesting right now. And I think you know we also kind of touched on this before we again before we recorded the show that it would be super interesting to see a um, like a Grand Prix. Uh, tournament style uh, mm-hmm. competition for the for the title shot and, and eventual and eventual belt. Um, so yeah, so yeah, I'm I'm, I'm very excited for what the bantamweight division is going to bring us, regardless of who who wins this fight. And, and just I just wanted to touch really briefly on the the you know that that playoff sort of format that you you kind of mentioned. And because here's the big issue with UFC, right? Is that with when you have people that you know are matchmaking and you have these people that sort of just decide you know whether like who who goes into the championship and and so you know you have these title fights and people are questioning it and you know it's like you you go to the super bowl right i mean nobody really questions why those teams are there right there's a there's a format that kind of weeds out the teams and it, it's very it's it's really non-negotiable right i mean obviously exactly it's, it's, yeah it's not about who has the most fans or you know who are like you know who's selling it's fights. just about yeah 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 it's just about you know let's let's put the best against the best and then we'll grind it out and we'll we'll, we'll get a champ <laughs> yeah exa- exactly so we're like fan favorites it doesn't really matter right it really doesn't matter about fan favorites so i think that it'd be really cool to see the ufc do that and it would you know i'm sure you get some really cool like storylines or but it's interesting though because a lot of other fighting or mixed martial arts organizations have a, have done are doing that. You know, it's it's like you mm-hmm. know PFL does that. I'm I'm not sure if Bellator does it, but I know one does it. So it, yeah, and, yeah, you know, and it's it's not like we're saying that you know okay that that should be the I mean that should be the uh, the format going forward for every every time there's a you know. You, you, need a, you need a contender, which, I mean, I'm sure there's an argument there for that making sense. But, I mean, if you look at the Bantamweight division with Henry Cejudo retiring and all these contenders, like, why not do that? It'd be, I think it'd be very entertaining. I think they should here, – here's a crazy idea, and, but I think we should test it out with the flyweight division. Because why? I mean, because the flyweight <laughs> division, people don't really seem to care about. So if you're mm-hmm. going to – if you need a guinea pig in the UFC to test out a playoff-style format for, you know, for mixed martial arts – I'd go with flyweight. See if that sparks agree. an interest. Speaking of which, really briefly, I don't want to get too much into this. You will get derailed. 
but Ooh, okay. uh, oh, who is it? Figure, figure. I know I'm totally mispronouncing it. They got Benavides supposed to fight him. Figueroa, fig. He test. He tested positive for uh for COVID. Oh, I I actually missed that news. Yeah, wow. he so just te- even more incentive to just you know have a Grand Prix system if if you're if you're I guess he's he's not the champ because he missed weight for his last fight, but um, I guess the guy who maybe should be the champ at this point. I don't know. That, that's, a, that's a different argument, but yeah, you've got Joseph Benavides and then who else in that division? It's it. That's what I'm saying is that, you know, because if the, they they were already talking about cutting this division, you know, and I think, I think this would be a really good idea just to, to give it a go and maybe get a little bit more popularity because, you know, I think MMA fans would love it. I think it'd be, I think it would be a hit, but it's just, I think if you I'd try it out with, with flyweight, see if it sparks any attention and, and see where that really gets us. I think is the, is, is the best idea there. So, but anyways, though, yeah. So, like, like I said before, it's it, it would be really it'd be really cool to try it, but I just don't know. I don't I don't see Dana ever doing that. <laughs> There's just I, I just never don't see that happening at all. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's too experimental for him. <laughs> yeah, I just I, it, it's one you know it's crazy. He'll he'll, he'll 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 you know make a fighting facility. Uh, you know he'll make he'll create Fight Island, but he won't do a Grand Prix for for the UFC. So there's some things he can do, some things he can, I guess. <laughs> or maybe it might be an ego thing. You know, maybe he doesn't want to look. You know, he doesn't want to look like or put off the image that he's he's um, taking ideas from other from com, um, competitors. Maybe that that'd be my guess. But who knows? Uh, but you know, f- fuck it for flyweight and bantamweight. Let's do that. You know, wh- why not? We, like I said, there's there's no champ. You've got at least in bantamweight, you got a bunch of contenders. Um, but then at flyweight, you've got nothing. But still, there's no one, no one there. So why not? Yeah, but, absolutely. Uh, hey, that's why we're not in charge of uh, MMA promotions. That's why we're here, and that's why that's why <laughs> yes. they're that's why they're on Fight Island right now. <laughs> yeah, and we are not. Well, by the way, we are not recording this podcast on Fight Island, dude. That would be like the coolest thing ever. All like Fight Island looks like a resort. Like, am I wrong? Does it not look beautiful? It's pretty impressive, and I was one of the naysayers when they announced. Like, I didn't even think it was real. Like, I thought it was just Dana, you know, shooting his mouth off. But yeah, I mean, it does look very impressive. Okay, hear me out. Another crazy idea. I'm I'm just going totally totally off the wall here. But wouldn't it be interesting if like Dana White somehow, or maybe maybe doesn't keep this fight at island, but maybe in the future does something like this to where he makes like a MMA or UFC type resort or hotel. <laughs> now you're going too far with this. Like that would be the. I'm just saying, like he already has this set up. Like that would be cr- like, it'd be pretty crazy. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it already looks like a resort. To be, <laughs> it, it, it looks, it looks like where, where the players are staying for the NBA. You know, it looks like that bubble community. <laughs> it looks absolutely insane, and um, it's and we'll, we'll talk about obviously the main event in a bit. But it's it's interesting though because these fighters, what people don't realize is that. They, once they get to Fight Island, they have to wait 48 hours after that to get their test for for COVID. And after after they after they after the 48 hour period, if it comes out negative, then they can start using all the other public facilities, you know, like like the treadmill and other things like that. But I mean, these dudes are having to cut weight in their hotel rooms. Like they can't go to like the gym. It's it's really interesting. Super interesting. Dana White, give us a tour of Fight Island. I just want to know. Oh, and, and, and one more thing. One last Fight Island thing. We're going to go on to the next fight. But um, so I see I, there's been a lot of pictures of Fight Island and, you know, outside. People think it's going to be outside. But they have an indoor air-conditioned venue uh, for the fighters. So in case anyone listening is thinking that they're going to be fighting outside on the beach, that, that's not going to happen because that would just be way too much. They're not going to fight in 100-degree heat. You know, that would be exhausting. Yeah. They'd be slipping everywhere and stuff. So that, that wouldn't be good. But anyways, all right, co-main event. Alexander Volkovnovsky 
versus Max Holloway. Who are you picking, Matt? Uh, first of all, I love I love that they ran this fight back. I, I really do, especially with how crowded the um, the, the featherweight division is. Um, you know, but also Max was a very dominant champ for a long time. Um, he's one of my favorite fighters right now. Even I mean, Jose Aldo again, one of my favorite featherweights. Max did dethrone him twice. Um, but just you know, nothing but respect for Max Holloway. He's he was a great champion, and but I also I really like Volkanovski. So um, I I I went back and rewatched the first fight this week, and I just don't see any way that that this fight goes any differently. I mean, Volkanovski really just dominated all the way through, and that's usually Max's game. He you know he'll he'll, he'll pepper you with shots, just volume, volume, volume for five rounds. Um, I don't know if that works on Volkanovski because he's, he's got, he's got a very sizable strength advantage. Um, so yeah, I mean, again I'm, again, I'm excited to see this rematch, but I just, I think it goes the same way the first fight that did. And that's Volkanovski by uh, unanimous decision. I, I'm going to go the opposite route here. Uh, I, I think, I think Max Holloway, I think he's going to make the adjustments that he needs to with specifically regarding the leg kicks. Now I'm not an MMA coach. I don't know what, how to combat that. Uh, <laughs> but I, I think, I think uh, my, my faith is with Max. I think he's going to make those adjustments, but mm-hmm. I mean, I was, I was just as surprised as you were with the way Volkovnowski uh, dominated that fight because I, I just, you don't see, you don't see that happen to Max Holloway, at least not the champ Max Holloway. You, right. You know, right. I mean, and, uh, you know, I don't think he even went around in that fight or just the way I had it scored and I went back and looked at it again. But yeah, it was absolutely dominated by Volkanovski. And here's the thing, too, because there's a lot of casual fans like, oh, Max didn't take that much damage in that fight. I'm like, first of all, leg kicks are excruciating. Oh, yeah. Like it, like they, those are no joke. And from Volkanovski, I mean, that guy is he's a tank like that. That has got to hurt. And one interesting thing, too, when I was looking up this fight, which I didn't realize is that. So Max is Max is a Max is four inches taller, but Volkovnovsky actually has a two and a half inch reach advantage. So I that probably explains why he was able to do so well in the stand up in their last fight. But like like I said, I mean I, I think Max is going to make the adjustments, but I, I I'm very I'm with you in the sense that I'm really happy they run they're running this fight back, and I think Max is going to be super motivated because the dude was on top for a while. You know, he, oh yeah, he really did it, and and of course he you know he lost the interim belt. Uh, that you know when he went up to what was it to lightweight to, to fight Poirier, but that that was that's not his division though, you know. I mean, he, right. that, he's, he's a natural forty fiver. Yeah, he, he's a you know he, he's a featherweight. So I think um, I, I I just think that like you know he's gonna he, he's he's gonna make the adjustments and this is a lot more personal for him, right? Like the other the other one you know going up to one fifty five that was sort of like extra credit, right? But this is this is the grade he cares about and the featherweight division is what he cares about. And I also didn't know he was only twenty eight years old. Yeah, still a very young fighter. And you know we 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 talked or you know I said that Jose Aldo in my opinion is the best featherweight of all time. I think you know there there might be lots of people out there that would disagree and say it's Max. Um, and you know I've also you know. Um, be hard to counter argue that seeing that he um, not only beat Aldo twice, but was also a very dominant champion for, for a long time, you know, fought the best at his, at his weight class. Um, so, yeah. So again, like it, it's really good that, that he's getting the immediate rematch, which usually I don't really like immediate rematches because I get worried about them going the exact same way as the first fight, but uh, it is well warranted here. But yeah, like you said, Max only 28 years old. You still have to think he's definitely, definitely not past his prime. No, not at all. It, it, it's it's so and the crazy part is with with all of these fights on the main card. I mean, every single fight on on this main card, they're all toss ups. You know, I don't look at a particular fight on this main card where I think there's an overwhelming underdog or, or you, you know, it's just 
it, it, they're all so close. All these fighters are so incredibly talented. It's really, it's really tough to, you know, to, to pick these things. But I think that, uh, I think this fight's going to, I can see, I'm, I, you know what? I'm going to predict a finish with this one. I think the oh, last okay. one with decision, like I'm going to predict a finish. I, I think, I think Holloway's going to get a finish. I don't know how, but I'm going to say finish by Holloway. Interesting. TKO, not not a clean knock. I'm gonna say a TKO though. But I, okay. I, but I think I think he's gonna make. Uh, I yeah. But one thing, one other thing too, I wanted to, I wanted to address is that what I appreciate about both these fighters is that they're so genuine. You know, you see a lot of fighters like my favorite fighter Colby or my other favorite fighter Henry Cejudo is that they they, they oftentimes put on a persona or they try to you know play a character to make themselves more marketable for Dana White. But you know, the, both of these guys, they're just they're just themselves. They're just so genuine, yeah. and I think that's why a lot of fans not only like these fighters individually, but they like this matchup. You know, like they're, they're both really similar dudes in that sense where they didn't try to pretend to be someone else to get to where they are. You know, you scared me for a second. I thought you were going to uh, make the argument that uh, Colby is the most genuine fighter on the roster. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but I'm really curious to see how, how Colby acts when he retires, though. Like I'm, I, I genuinely, I'm really curious to see when he doesn't have to put up that persona because we're already seeing that with Henry Cejudo. Like, like he, hey, you know, if, if you could, if you could uh, make that case, that would that'd be a very interesting uh, podcast segment. <laughs> it would. I've actually thought about just covering the different characters in the UFC because people don't people don't realize that you know in the UFC you have to make yourself marketable, even if you're winning, it doesn't matter. You you have to have you have to have a face because say if you're like you say you're on the you're on the Chiefs right and you're not a big talker or you're you know you're just like a lineman or something like that even though you say you're a Pro Bowler you're really good you have Patrick Mahomes he's the face he's the personality everyone looks at so you don't have to present yourself in any other way than being simply being an athlete you know but in the UFC it's just it's so much more than that to to the business you know you you have all these different characters people doing crazy things and you know Conor McGregor was this trailblazer that sort of paved the way for how to market fights so it's it's a it's a totally different business in the UFC that I think most people really don't really understand or really appreciate sometimes yeah i was just going to say that's a, that is the conor effect um you know you in order to you know be relevant like you said you have to you have to have a personality uh, i'm not a big fan of it um but you know people are it, it just it is what it is it's kind of like on top of being a sport, it, it is also like it, it is in, in a way show business. So, yeah, um, yeah, Abs- absolutely. Now, speaking speaking of characters, right? Oh, speaking yes. of characters, Jorge Masvidal, right? So he he's he's going he, he's the BMF seemingly out of nowhere. How, where did this happen, Matt? Where, where did this happen? God, you know, I mean, it, we're, we're we're going on this uh, on this rant here, and just I think again another. Very interesting uh, topic to cover. Just a very interesting storyline to follow is the resurgence of Jorge Masvidal's career. It is without a doubt probably the the. I mean, you know, we're talking about how, um, you know, t- the authenticity with with different fighters, but just there's something just so genuine and awesome about about the story of Jorge Masvidal's career. Um, you know, it's just like, it, impossible to not like the guy. I mean, say what you will about his personality, but I think there's a lot of <laughs> realness with him as well. Um, so uh, I'm looking. I'm looking back at his at his uh, um, at his career now, and he did take a, his last loss was in 2017 to uh, Stephen Thompson, mm-hmm. our, our guy Wonder Boy. Um, but after that, he just kind of went on a tear here. He, um, he 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 took on Darren Till, who was coming off a title shot, and knocked him out cold, like like it was scary. He, he slept him, mm-hmm. and then of course we have we have the Ben Askren knee, of course, that, that you know iconic, that's, uh, iconic knee, yes. And and then he and then he goes on the. Uh, 
be called out by Nate Diaz and um, and beats Nate Diaz in the uh, uh, by doctor stoppage. So I mean, he's just looked nothing but phenomenal after that. It was I think it was it was after that uh, that that Stephen Thompson fight. Like yeah, he beat he beat Cowboy, he beat Ellenberger, um, but he didn't really string together a strong set of like super impressive knockout victories like he did after that Wonder Boy fight. So um, yeah, I mean, but the guy's been in the UFC since. I mean, he's been, he, well, he's been fighting since like the early 2000s. I mean, even before that, he, I think everyone's familiar with all those backyard brawl videos that were out of him, but so he's just a very genuine fighter, but yeah, I mean, um, so again, just to get, to get back on track, super happy that, to be honest, that we're getting Jorge Masvidal versus Usman, it, it, you know, I mean, obviously it's very unfortunate what happened uh, with Gilbert Burns testing positive, but it's, you know, I don't think anyone's upset that we're getting Jorge Masvidal in this, in this main event. I honestly prefer to have Jorge Masvidal, and and here here's why I think that his his stock as a fighter is very fluid, you know. And he, he this this was his big fight. It was either this or Connor. Connor's really not trying to fight right now, and 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 Masvidal being like what like 34, 35 years old, you know, he he has to ride this wave. At some point, he has to ride this wave. So this is him stepping up, and it's I mean. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited, you know, and don't get me wrong. I think Gilbert Burns is an amazing fighter. I think he's going to eventually get his title shot. What he did against Tyron Woodley uh, was phenomenal. Although Tyron Woodley kind of looked like a, a shell of his former self, but I'm not going to get too into that. But the, the thing is with, with Masvidal is that like, like you said, he's a very marketable fighter, you know, he has such an incredible story. He's so, he's so genuine. And, and even Ben Askren, he was doing a podcast with Ariel Hawani and he said that, you know, when he said the super necessary punching him in the face, Ben like laughed about it. And he was like, you know, like it it was, it was funny because Jorge wasn't trying to be funny. It's just, that's just who he is. And and then now he has this, this Scarface persona. And if you were to tell, ask people like say four years ago, 2016, if they didn't imagine Jorge Masvidal would be the superstar that he is today, being interviewed by Stephen A. Smith, flying on a private jet to fight Island for a championship. No one would predict that. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think everyone knew he's a he's a very talented fighter, and he's just, you know, like like we said, just very he, he's a fighter. That's just who he is. But yeah, I think you're right. Like no one would like you'd have called me. I would have called you crazy if if you, we went back to 2016 and said, hey, Jorge Masvidal is not only going to be fighting for for a title um, in 24, but he's going to be a fucking star because he, he is an absolute star right now. His stock has probably never been higher. But uh, you know, with, with the career as long as he as as uh, as he's had, it's just it's uh, it's beyond well deserved. And that's the, such an interesting aspect of the UFC is that you can you can build your stock so fast because he had okay because obviously he was doing very well at, you know after his Stephen Wonder after the loss to Wonder Boy but he strung together three significant wins you know like three wins in any other sports really isn't necessarily going to get you anywhere right I mean if you get three wins in baseball there's still 159 other games you have to play right? Basketball, there's still 79 other games you have to play. But in the UFC, two or three wins is a very, very big deal. And Jorge Masvidal, I mean, he's, he's a symbol of that. You know, he, he's iconic. And, and But more importantly, the million-dollar question, Matt, how does Jorge Masvidal, he has the hype train, he, he's, he's good, he looks really sharp. How does he match up against Kamaru Usman? Man, and jeez. Uh, um, you, you know, it's just, it's so funny because I want to say, oh, you know, you know, Jorge Masvidal has no chance against Usman because Usman is on top of, you know, obviously on top of the uh, on top of the 170 division right now. But here's the thing: we've seen what happens when Jorge Masvidal fights wrestlers. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. obviously with with Ben Askren. But that being said, so I mean, what I'm saying is, uh, it's very possible that Jorge Masvidal could open with something crazy inside the first round, just get a 
stunning knockout, which is what he's been doing um, the past, uh, you know, year and a half. Mm-hmm. But um, man, it's I, f- I feel like I'm I'm uh, I it's hard for me to pick against Usman right now. Um, he's too good. His 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 conditioning is way too good. His his chin is solid, and he's got ridiculous knockout power. So I mean, this is very. Um, interesting main event but i think it goes the way it, uh, it goes in favor of the champion i think in fact i think he Ooh, am i gonna do this i i'm gonna say he he gets he he gets a i'm gonna say uzman gets a finish in, whoa uh, in round four yeah whoa bold prediction yeah <laughs> i mean again i could be wrong because it is jorge mazidon he's one of the most um you know like unpredictable fighters in on the roster right now but i i don't know it's uh especially uh, you know because like we said gilbert burns was scheduled to take this fight uh, jorge masvidal took it on what was it like eight days notice something very short notice um so yeah so i think i just i'm just thinking you know the, the conditioning is definitely in favor of uzman and he's um dominant man he's uh i mean you look at 170 and he's he, he went through murderers road to, to get to where he is right now so um yeah man I, I, how, how do you feel about this are you are you uh, it, are, are you disagreeing with my with my finish prediction I I see the issue for me is that I mean Usman hasn't had a finish in a while and so I think if there's going to be a finish I think it's going to come it's going to come from Masvidal but and, and I hate saying this you know being being the Colby Covington fanboy that I am but I I have to agree with you dude I mean I have to use my common sense here and Usman's just way too well-rounded of a fighter He's way too well-rounded. You know, this is a big fight that people have been asking me about, but my honest opinion on it is I think Usman's just going to exploit him. I think he's going to use his ground game. I think he's going to take the fight as soon as he can to the ground, and I think he's just going to hold him there. And, we, and, you know, like you said, Us, I mean, uh, Masvidal has struggled a little bit in the past with, you know, with wrestling. And the thing, you know, people always bring up, oh, well, Ben Askren was a wrestler. I mean, to me, that fight was a little bit of a fluke. I mean, you knock him out in five seconds. It was sort of like a trick play. I mean, it, that, there's like a one in a billion chance that knee lands and Askren does that. And it was just, it was a really weird, bizarre sort of, uh, sort of, you know, chain of events that happened. And then, you know, he, you know, I know Nate Diaz is good on the ground, but I mean, Nate Diaz hasn't really, this was just, you know, his first fight coming back in what, in like two, three years. I know, he, I know he had a tune-up fight against someone. I can't, oh, against, I think Diaz, but no, I mean, oh, against uh, Pettis, sorry. But I don't know. I, I'm really curious to see, you know, someone that's in their prime, someone that's looking really good, someone that came off of really fabulous, you know, win against a, a good fighter in Colby Covington. And I'm really I think this is going to be a real test for him. I really, really do. But I, I just I can't see I hate to say it, but I, I can't see Masvidal winning this fight. Wow, you seem almost more confident in Kamaru Usman than I do because I feel like okay, I've made the prediction for a knockout, but it is Jorge Masvidal. So it's um, yeah, I, I I just think that here, here's my two there's two two things are going to happen if I'm going to predict if I have my my crystal ball, two things are going to happen. It's either option A, I think I think uh, Kamaru Usman is just going to do ground and pound and he's going to wear on Jorge Masvidal, maybe exploit his conditioning because who knows what what shape Jorge Masvidal is in on a six day notice. Right. I, I think he's just going to gonna wear him out. And I think he's just it's going to go to a decision win or Masvidal is going to catch him. Right. And that's something that looking on the flip side, Usman hasn't had to worry about that. I mean, yeah, I mean, Tyron Woodley is, you know, he has he has that overhand. Right. But it's super predictable. Right. Fighters started to figure that out like recently. Right. How predictable that overhand right is. 
And not only that, when when Usman was fighting Covington, you know, Covington hit him, but Covington's not a knockout artist. Masvidal is a knockout artist. Like the most picture, if you look up knockout artist in the dictionary, a picture of Jorge Masvidal is going to come up. You know, I mean, the last three fights are just, yeah, an amazing example of that. So you're right. You're absolutely right. I mean, uh, you know, not to say that Usman hasn't fought his fair share of really talented fighters. He has, but I, I think you're absolutely right in saying that he's never fought anyone with the uh, knockout potential that Masvidal has. Just the, the versatility of Masvidal with, with his knees and his elbows and the striking. And what, what really, to me, kind of showed that that, 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 wasn't, that the Astron thing wasn't a fluke was obviously the, you know, his, his win against Till. But also, I mean, that, that win against Nate Diaz because Masvidal looked sharp, dude. He looked really, really sharp in that fight. He really did. He looked outstanding. His the, the stand-up probably has never looked better than uh, than that Nate Diaz fight. I mean, Nate Diaz is a very, obviously we all know how good of a striker and and grappler he is, but yeah, Masvidal pieced him up. And this is a Nate Diaz that went toe to toe with Connor, you know, and he struggled a lot with Masvidal. And, and I know there's a difference between the age and the time of these fights and everything like that, but still, man, Nate Diaz is is no joke on the on standing up. You know, he's a very versatile striker as well, but. You know, I think th- this main event is is really interesting, and I, I, we can't talk about it without briefly discussing what happens if Kamaru Usman wins and what happens if Masvidal wins. Like, what are the fights that that make sense to you, Matt? Yeah, you know, I was just lo- I was just I'm, I'm actually looking at the rankings right now because, uh, like we said, obviously about featherweight and bantamweight, these are these are, this is a very stacked division. Um, so obviously, if if so, if, I think regardless of who wins, well, I think if if Usman wins. Um, you know, I, Gilbert Burns is still in the picture. You know, he mm-hmm. didn't, uh, he didn't miss weight. He didn't suffer an injury. He, he tested positive for COVID and he, like you said, he rightfully earned that title shot. So I think there's no way that they don't in some capacity offer that back to him, especially if Usman wins. Um, now if, if, if Masvidal wins, I think this is really where this gets interesting because, um, my thing is, um, so obviously we know that, um, or for those of you who don't know, it was um, the UFC was trying to set up Usman and Masvidal. Um, Jorge didn't want the fight. He wanted more money. So he's trying to get paid right now, as he should, because his stock has never been higher. So if if Jorge wins this fight, I, my thing, I think they give Conor the title shot at 170. <laughs> if that happens, I can't think of, of, of a more marketable fight. Okay, obviously the most marketable fight in the UFC would be uh, Habib versus Connor. I don't think that's really up for debate. But other than that, if Masvidal and McGregor just make way too much sense, especially since McGregor's last fight, people forget was at 170. It was at 170. He hasn't fought at 55 since the Khabib fight. And you know, so also if you look at, at 155, we're kind of going to you know pr- do this whole thing of predicting where Connor's going to fight next. Um, Khabib and and Gaethje are going to fight for uh, for the for, to unify the title. Like that that has to happen. So in the meantime, especially if Jorge wins, like you know, it, it, in you know, super quick fashion, he's, and he's able to fight like sometime later this year, I, I don't see how the UFC doesn't set up that that one seventy fight. You know, um, you have Connor back in the picture; it's uh, obviously good for pay per view buys. Um, and you also have the storyline of Connor being the only fighter who's fighting for a third or a a belt in three different weight classes. I mean, I don't know if that if that is the uh, 
if he is the only one that would, that would do that in theory if this fight happens but he, he would be the only one I, I think it's yeah yeah i mean i i mean i i can't imagine any other fight that that's done that so it, it would be a very interesting story and a very remarkable fight for the ufc and it gives jorge weight what he's been wanting this whole time and as he should he's to, you know get paid like a star it's you know if he if he it'd be a red panty night for sure if he's fighting with conor mcgregor and I, I agree with you, Matt, 100%. I think that – because Usman, I, you know, this is this is something that Usman fans don't like to hear, but this is just the truth, is that he is a very talented fighter. There's That's not up for debate. Kamaru Usman is a very, very talented fighter, top five pound-for-pound fighter in the world right now, if I'm not mistaken. But he's not the most marketable fighter. It, he's just – he's not – he doesn't have a very fun fighting style. A lot of his fights go the distance. And, you know, not all MMA fans are, you know, are okay with a decision win, right? A lot of MMA fans or casual fans like to see knockouts. They like to see finishes. And Usman doesn't really have the the personality. And so I think the easiest thing for the UFC would do if Usman wins would be you give him the Gilbert Burns fight. And I think if Masvidal wins, there's a a bunch of stuff that makes sense. There's just there's so many fights for Masvidal. So I think overall, before I get into those possibilities, I think it'd be better for the UFC if Masvidal won because he's a more marketable fighter. I think I, I yeah, bet like, you Dana has to be cheering for him. There's no way he isn't. And it's, yeah, I, I yeah. agree. I'm, I mean, but that's why I'm I'm I'm, I'm kind of pulling for Usman just <laughs> just for that reason. But you know, you're right. If if, if Masvidal wins, there's there's way more options than if um, than if Usman wins. Um, it's like you either have Gilbert Burns or you have. Um, the run back the Colby Covington fight um but yeah I think um I, I you know if, if Usman wins the wins the bell I don't think Connor's gonna take that fight like it's just like you said it's not interesting for him but that being said I also don't think Connor fares very well at welterweight against most of these guys in the, in the top three and I don't think he fares very well against someone like Masvidal I think it'd be a much better fight but Usman like I said with that ground game it'd be very it'd make things very difficult for Connor. You right, know I mean? right. And, you know, we all saw what happened in the Khabib fight, um, and Nate, and Nate as well. And, and you know, that's something I wanted to bring up too, because look at how good uh, Jorge's standup was against Nate. And you know, obviously Connor has had all sorts of trouble fighting Nate Diaz, even in the second fight, which I don't think he won. Uh, but he, you know, he won on the judges' scorecards. Um, you know, he's he struggled against Nate, and so if you look at what Masvidal did in the standup game versus Nate, like, what's he going to do to Connor? Yeah, dude, it's it's I, I just don't know what how that would happen. You know, it'd be very difficult for him. And it also, too, is just because I just really want to touch up on this really quickly is that I think there's a, there's a few storylines. If Masvidal wins, that that would just it, it's 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 so easy for Dana to sell these fights. Right. So first and foremost, you have the rematch with Nate. Right. You have a BMF uh slash title fight which that's super easy to sell and and they were really with the way they marketed that fight it was they were so smart about it they did an east coast west coast kind of thing right so if you're you know you're in california oregon whatever you want to rep nate diaz and so they kind of they kind of made their own little fan bases like that um and obviously connor versus anyone makes sense but connor versus masvidal i think it would sell like crazy and i think dana knows that he has a very short window with masvidal and he needs to he needs to use that. But my personal favorite, and I know I'm very biased, but this fight to me just makes a lot of sense. If Masvidal wins, is Colby Covington. 
right? Kobe I mean, and Masvidal, that would be an, that would be an entertaining build up to that fight. I mean, <laughs> it would be well because here's the thing: is that they weren't they weren't just training partners, they weren't just acquaintances. These guys were like best friends. They made YouTube videos together. Masvidal let Covington live at his apartment with him. I mean, Masvidal corn they cornered for each other, and, and it would just it was you know it was so genuine. And I think that that would be a really cool matchup. And, I, and it would be really interesting. You know, you have Covington, who's really good on the ground, versus Masvidal, who's really good with striking. Um, and it's it's going to be interesting. But, it, you know, like I said, Masvidal is just such a marketable fighter that I just – it would be really – I think it would be really good for the sport if he won. And it's going to sound crazy because I predicted Usman to win. And I hate saying this, but I, I think Usman's going to win, but I'm cheering for Jorge Masvidal. So if I were oh, to bet money, out like that, <laughs> <laughs> and like if I were to bet money, I'd put it on Usman. But it's like Jorge would just the the fights after that would be insane. For sure, man. Um, you know, if we just look at the the division top to bottom, there are one hundred percent more possibilities for an interesting welterweight um, title contention with with Masvidal as champ. Yeah, def- yeah, definitely, and it's gonna be. It's going to be cool. And what I also appreciate, too, uh, as, as we kind of wrap this up, is that I think the UFC, it, it's really great to have that back. You know, UFC is one of the few sports that's been back, and I think that they've done a really good job um, marketing it. And I think they've, I think it's really helped everyone out, you know, in being in tough times, being able to have something to look forward to at the end of the week, like, like, like UFC 251. And it's, it's just a good feeling, you know, having fights back. Yeah, man. But, you know, on the flip side, too, here's here's the reality of this is, you know, we, we obviously had Gilbert Burns and Kamaru Usman um, lined up to go main event this thing. Um, last week, Gilbert Burns tested positive for COVID. So you got to think like, you know, until we uh, get kind of get more of a grip on this pandemic, we might see stuff like that across, like not just in the UFC, but with other sports. And hopefully that's, you know, obviously not something that we that 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 we want to happen, both as, you know, as as people and as sports fans. But it's just I think just kind of the the reality of our current uh, state of affairs. I oh absolutely. I think I think fighter safety should come first, right? Or athlete safety, just in any sport needs to come first. And what I what I can't stand too um, is when people get upset with athletes, you know, for sitting out of uh, sitting out of events when you know they're trying to take care of their families. I don't think any athlete should be shamed for wanting to protect their family. It's just to 100%. me, it, it, it's so ridiculous. You know, like I'm a diehard Laker fan. And, you know, Avery Bradley sitting out the rest of the season. And but I understand that, you know, he, he's trying to protect his family. And even if even if someone's family doesn't have a, a pre-existing health condition or anything like that, like you said, this is very serious. This is the global pandemic. And I think we should all be we should respect everyone's uh, decisions to, to do what's best for their family. Yeah. You hear that Utah jazz fans? Fucking lay off Derek Fisher. I know that's like that's, that's, that's <laughs> oh, years ago. Oh, I forgot ago. about but, that. Yeah. Hey, you know what? I thought we were going to go into the segment of just bashing the Utah Jazz fan base. Just fuck them. Dude, I, I <laughs> can't. I, I, oh my God. See, so, dude, Utah, the Utah Jazz also helped turn Kobe into who he, who he became. So, like, I kind of like that. But at the time, like, oh my God, dude. <laughs> yeah, we, we could do a whole other show on that. I mean, just on just that and, and trash and, sports fans. Like, Oh my god! Like top ten worst worst uh, sport fan bases or something like that. There we that. go. Yeah. <laughs> oh Spoiler: They're in. They're in. They're in the top three. So yeah, yeah. No surprise there, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, that's crazy. But anyways, so UFC two fifty one. Make sure to check it out. And yeah, so we'll, we'll maybe we can come back and visit to see how right or wrong 
our predictions worse. But anyways, yeah. If if we're if we're right on these predictions, you'll be hearing from us soon. If we're, if we're completely wrong, then there there will be a radio silence for the next week. Yeah. If if I get all of mine wrong, I'm just I'm just not. You're not going to hear from it. It's just not going to be a follow up episode. So don't don't get your hopes up too high. <laughs> it didn't happen. Yeah. Just deleting the Instagram and everything else out. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Everything gone. And oh, speaking of Instagrams. Oh wait. Uh, Matt actually has his own podcast or uh, sort of like a, a radio podcast page. You want you want to tell everyone about that? Yeah, yeah, I just you know started up a brief um, uh, for social media, um, you know, audio storytelling page. I've kind of linked that with my SoundCloud page where I just record news wraps. Um, um, you know, uh, just 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 for fun on the side, it'd be uh, at the because Instagram doesn't let you space stuff out. It's uh, the Matt Tutti's Audio Park with underscores um, all the way through our our name. So uh, yeah, so follow that, and uh, but you, we'll probably you know obviously Teddy and I are very um bored and not at all losing our minds with the pandemic so we might we may we may do this soon so hopefully we'll be back sometime soon again to say uh to to crow about how how right we were this this whole time yeah i told you so motherfuckers (laughs) we come back with the (laughs) they call me mystic mac (laughs) oh i was gonna shop in they do they i'm not surprised motherfuckers There's we got options. There's yeah. too many quotes. There's too many good quotes. But uh, but anyways, yeah, guys. So definitely make sure to check out Matt's page on Instagram. A lot of cool stuff. He posts a really cool content. Really well done with the sound waves and all that stuff. I'm gonna have to oh, learn that sometime. <laughs> but, compliments. I don't know what to do. <laughs> but anyways, guys. Yeah. So make sure to check that out. Make sure to check out UFC 251. Um, and yeah, Matt. It's always a pleasure. And thanks for coming hey, on the thanks show. For, yeah. Thanks for having me. Any anytime. Happy to do it. It's, it's a blast. Awesome. Thanks guys for listening. This has been TED Talk Sports. Until next time.